Previously on Anything Goes. And do you ever go up to a young comic like that and say, hey, man, I, I got to tell you, I thought your shit was funny. Yeah. And I mean, for whatever it's worth, not to like, I, I not to piggyback onto the how great their shit was, but like, I was that guy. Like, I started yeah. at 17. Yeah. Nobody fucking gives a shit what an 18, 19, 20 year old guy has to say about anything. Absolutely. Like, especially in the so, especially if he's wearing a suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I bailed on the suit after about a year. But right. yeah, but regardless. <laughs> Did someone have to tell you about to bail on the suit or were you just I, sort of like. I don't remember, but I'm sure somebody did. Yeah, yeah. I got a picture I could show you. But, uh, one of my college buddies just, uh, he'd been holding for ransom for the last 16, 17 years of tape of me, like one of my very first sets. And, he lives in Atlanta. He gave it to me the other day. Oh, you got to put it there. up. You got. I put yeah, my yeah, first one. I up. know. I know. It's pretty bad. So oh, I took yeah. a still of the so I could show people. Yeah, like, this is what I used to. But uh, but yeah, I had to like. I feel like there's two. I always tell young guys because especially guys who start out really young. Like I really feel like a, a connection with those guys. You know, I always try to tell them. You know, maybe I save them a few minutes of making mistakes that I did. You know, sure. or whatever. And uh, that. There's like kind of two schools of thought in like there's the guys who are in their like mid late twenties when they start, and those guys are always like, oh god, I wish I'd started when I was your age, you know yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. But I feel like both get you to the same place because what what I I gained in stage time, you know. So by the time I, you know, was twenty seven, I'd been doing it ten years, you know, like so that was great, but. I'd only had valid shit to say for about a year or two. Like, nobody right. gave a fuck. Right. Like, yeah. I kind of finally... So, what 27-year-olds who start out bring to the table is they were like a human being first. You yeah, know, way more life experience. Dude. Yes. They had a job and had to pay rent and fucking had an yes. apartment. And like, all that. like, I never had... Like, my whole filter, my whole life has been through... My whole adult life has been as a comic. So, I kind of feel like I got a little shortchanged on that end where... It wasn't until, you know, I was 28 and I got married briefly that I was like, oh, shit. Like, I'm like, I'm an adult I have now. stuff to talk about. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like that old thing of like, uh, you can always tell like how long someone's uh, been doing stand-up when their act is all about like uh, observations about hotel rooms and daytime yeah, TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, it was all like comic <laughs> experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, let's get to a new exciting show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? There are some people who could bring world peace if they weren't so busy hating everyone. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? It doesn't say anything to, to how much they care or do not care. Well, it says how much they do not care. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting is they just released a press release about this upcoming festival they're going to do. And if you're just joining us or if we're just cutting in, we're talking with Just for Laughs. And they just released a bunch of names. And the only Canadian name that is on the list is Deanne Smith in the official uh, kind yeah. of lineup. Uh, obviously, there might be more Canadians, but the bulk of the you know big names that they're pushing are American, which is pretty standard uh, opera uh, operations for them. And I mean, they feel that's what puts asses in the seats. But if you look at what Winnipeg's done and other festivals in the country, I think it's time that they do do a more grassroots kind of festival and see what's happening. But, you know, that's all pie in the sky dreaming for our, our purposes. I mean, I don't really care if I ever do it again. Uh, I've always said that since the last time I did it. So I, it doesn't really affect me. It's I don't really have a dog in this fight. But when you read things like what Matt Billen put that he was in, he had a gala ready, and he had to go to rehab, and they never honored him coming back. That is kind of sad. Well, that's he, really sad. That's yeah. unfair and sad, but but not. And the sad part is that it's not surprising. That's what the sad part is. It's not surprising, and they're not. You know, I mean, where, where are they doing this festival? They're bringing Americans over the border. Like I just love. You know, I think it's going to be an online thing where people enter a portal and then they can oh. watch their favorite, like, comics doing comedy wherever they are, I assume. Yeesh. Nope. Uh, Thanks. That's terrible. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's sort of like, I'm always surprised just as the 
as as Canadian comics, we're always sort of like, if if we're offered a gig, you're gonna have to you're gonna take it immediately because you really don't know if it's gonna come around again. Right. And I mean, when you said Matt had to go to rehab, he didn't have to. He chose to. Of course. And he was balancing. Well, what's better for me? My right. career or this destructive path that I'm going on, and I should take better care of myself. So he put himself before his career, which is almost sometimes unheard of in this country or in any country or in any profession, especially comedy or show business, where you're sort of like, I got to hit this now or it might right. not come again. Right. So, I, mean, I think he made the right choice by, by taking care of himself. And but I think don't, don't, do it. don't get me wrong. Just for Laugh doesn't owe him anything. They're a business. No, they don't, they, owe, they don't owe him anything. He chose to not do it, and that that's fine. But don't tell us that you care about Canadian comics and then do stuff like that when you could have easily in the four years after that, just so everyone's clear, in, in case you don't know the post that this comic did, for four or five years he tried to get back in, and they always said they didn't have room for him. They, they could have found room. I don't buy that. I, I think that's just bullshit personally. They could have, if they wanted to step up and do the right thing, they could have done it, and they just chose not to. It's a business; they can do whatever they want. They do it with taxpayer dollars, which is a that's tax that's tax. my problem. That's yeah. my problem with them. Yeah. It's yes, you're a business; yes, you're a corporation, but you're taking grant money that, that Canadian comics have zero access to. That's we don't even have a, an opportunity to even try to compete for the grants that Just Laughs gets. And they're getting, it's not like they're getting thousands of, they're getting millions of millions, dollars. Millions, and it's, millions. And it's so frustrating because it literally just goes right into the pockets of American comics that don't even need it. <laughs> like they already are I mean, making there, so arguments. much money. There's arguments they make over $10 million when they back in all the different types of grants and tax credits. And I've always said any person or business that gets money from the government a certain percentage should have to go into the hands of Canadian employees and what they should have to do is take 10 percent if they just took 10 percent of 10 million that's a million dollars in fees and if you could show me that they've spent a million dollars on Canadian artists in one year then I would back off and say good for them yeah but yeah. they don't. They don't. No. And they can't produce those numbers unless they're counting Russell Peters' door deal. But nobody really considers him a Canadian comic. He doesn't live here. He doesn't operate here. Of course, by nationality he is, but he's a yes. world comic now. So yeah. I guess that would help with the tax credits and all that. I understand that. But at the end of the day, they could easily have done Matt a solid, and they chose not to. And it's just a long line of them doing that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think if people knew how much they were paying Canadians versus what they were paying Americans, like, I don't know what somebody for new faces gets if they get anything, but I know for homegrown, you got like $500 and you got a hotel for one night or two nights and that. Okay. You cut out there. Yeah. So the one, the one thing is, is like. When you talk about the money, and this is one of the reasons why I kind of stopped screaming my head off, because when everyone was going after JFL with the XM thing, I posted something, and very few comics reposted it, and that was what I call JFL math, and I know you guys know what it is, but just for everyone else, when I did the Nasty show in 05, it was 15 shows that were sold out to 700 people paying $50 a ticket, and I made $100 Canadian a show, and I was one yeah. of five. Right. So my thing is, you can pay me that, but what do you need the credits for? What do you need the tax money for? Because when you start doing the math, that's over a half a million dollars at the door for those 15 shows. And based on what I know for a fact they paid most of them, they paid way, way, way less than a fifth of that to talent. So that's really the problem. It's, there's no real uh, ownership or accountability on where that tax money's going. And it's not and, gonna change unless, you know, what Sandra's doing is good work and all these people are trying to get together, but it's not gonna change until, and I've said it, and I know I'm never gonna do it again, they are one of the biggest problems in Canadian comedy, in my opinion. They, honestly, like, and it won't change because not all, like, what would have to happen is that all the Canadian comics would have to just stop doing it they would lose their grant money if right. canadians were involved and that's not going to happen and we will be called bitter by some people right. because we're complaining about it but it's just the fact that like i'm i'm so tired of like being so 
undervalued and, and, and I, I can do just as well as, uh, as a new faces, American comic as any, you know, I've proven myself that I'm good enough. We've all proven it. Many comics have, and then they just use the same people over and over too. So it's right. kind of like, well, of course you're going to get bitter. <laughs> like, of course you're going to get even, even the Canadians, they generally use the same people. And of course, those oh, yes. people are going to go on record and say they've treated me well. And yeah, it's the always thing. When you're invited to the party, yeah. you love the party. When you're not, they're a bunch of douchebags. I mean, there's no other oh, yeah. thing. But I would love to see a, a comment, one of those comics that's constantly being invited to the festival to stand up and say something. But of course, no, they're not because it's it'll hit their pocketbook and... Who knows, like in the long run, one day, maybe maybe Canadians will support Canadians as much as they support the Americans that they see on the sitcoms, but I don't know. Well, there's not, there's no, there's not a lot of camaraderie. I mean, it's sort of like there's, everyone is sort of just out for themselves. And also everyone thinks that, okay, well, I take this opportunity and maybe some comics won't like me, but then in a year or two, there'll be some other bullshit that comes along that's bigger than whatever I did. And, uh, and then I'll be in this sort of, shitty thing that I did for, for performing at this festival will will go away. But it's just, the opportunities aren't there anymore. And I mean, it's just, I mean, the nasty shows that you did, I mean, everyone who books the festival just believes that if you're doing the nasty show, you've already gone through that just for last chain. They, they, people already assume that if you're on the nasty show, you've already done new faces. You've already right. seen by all the agents and, and, and managers so it's sort of like just for laugh. The Nasty Show is just a, a, it's the most popular series of shows there, but I don't think any management or agents go there looking for talent. Well, first of all, they're not they're not even there. The Nasty Show happens uh, during the French week of the festival, so there is no English representation. There are no agents or managers at all. Only in the last five years, I believe that what they've done is they'll do one Nasty Show now during the English week because of that problem, but. When I did it, it was just during the French week. We'd go back to the Delta, and there were French comics around, and we were just getting hammered and screaming in English, calling people cunts. Right, yeah. But I did, I, when I did it, I did the Nasty Girl show, and it was during the festival, like you said, they right. did one. Right. And then, I mean, and that's how I met my management. And so it, it does happen. You can actually, Canadians can actually succeed down there if they're given the opportunity to be on. That was the perfect show for me to be on. And I had a great set and I proved myself and I got some stuff out of it. So to say that like we can't get any of this because we don't have as many Instagram followers and we're not as famous, well then help us get famous. Help us get Instagram followers. Like Yeah. I mean, but it's just, that's I mean, the you you just work at a club this weekend, Darren, where the management has I've had that argument with him about, you know, uh, why can't like whose fault is it after twenty five years that there aren't Canadian stars in in right. comedy, right? And, and he'll and, and you know and he'll be the first one to be like, oh well, nobody's a draw. And then you're always like, well, whose fault is that? You know, right, right. Like yeah, I mean, the, the, the countless clubs. I, I used to do, you know, tons of posters. I'd show up, the poster would be in the garbage or cut up for scrap paper, or you know, I'd be trying my hardest to kind of jump that little fish of like, hey, let's get the word out. Let people know. And they just don't, they just treat it like you're the Canadian a lot of times and it's just a kind of off week. And that's how they treat it. And they're like, there's been times where I've gotten a full page article in a paper and the owner of the club will be like, yeah, but next week Mike McDonald's coming in or Emo Phillips is, and that's where we're choosing. And I'm like, yeah, but at that time, those guys weren't getting that press and they just didn't care. And it, I drew for a certain period of time. I know now I, I don't draw anymore. It's just past it. I don't grind it anymore. And I'm okay with that. I'm not asking for it. But they didn't help. That's for sure. Everything they did was to hinder my ability to get the word out, even right. though I still did to a certain extent. But to me, that's the Canadian system. And I'm sure if we talk to American comics on the B circuit, if they're not A comics, it's probably very similar there too. Well, I, my issue with JFL has always been that that is the only festival that we're actually seen as artists in right. March. And that allows them the loophole of getting all this grant money. Right. As, soon as we leave Montreal, we're not, we're not allowed access to our own grant money because we're not right. seen as artists anymore. And it's just this, you know, I mean, it's good business as far as JFL is concerned. They've found a, a loophole in the, in the system that, that allows them to get this money. And it's, it's bullshit because, you know, it's, like, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know how much money Winnipeg gets 
or if they get any, or if it's all. Oh in yeah, the of course they do because they do stuff through the CBC. So right. inherently, right there, it's tax money. Right, right, right. But I mean, it's but we're not seen as artists when we play Winnipeg, are we? No, no. Well, it's tax. Well, you credit. get a TV credit, which cre credits for Canadians mean I can apply for a visa to get out of here. Right. That's why Canadian. We don't want credits to be like we, nobody cares if I go to to Yuck Yucks and and they say Kathleen's been to Just for Laughs. Nobody in the audience cares. Right. The only reason Canadians want those credits is so that they can get it, can, it looks good on an application for a visa or a green card, and that's it. It's not like we're getting hired because we've been to Just for Last because at this point there's so many Just for. Well, I, I'd like to just see my mom see me on TV, other than something than CB24. So, <laughs> other other than me walking out of a marijuana store on CP24, I would like to see my, my I would like my mom to see me on TV. So, yeah, I mean, do I think that I'm gonna it, I'd like to do the Winnipeg Festival and, and just get it and get a TV credit. But I mean, yeah, what I would do with it, who knows? So. I think at the end of the day, the next two or three years, you're going to see what like a massive change, because I think travel still going to be hindered. I think there's going to be a bit of blowback. I think comics are going to get frustrated and maybe do something about it. And obviously what they're doing with that, the, the cask and all that, let's hope something happens that it all kind of falls in a line and changes. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm in the twilight of my career. You know, my attitude is put a fork in my ass, flip me over, I'm done with that fight. Let's just hope something happens. That's all you can hope for now. Well, you said yeah. that. But I mean, yeah. I mean, you know. But... I mean, I got, my, I got myself a puppy. I don't, I don't worry about these You things. got a puppy? I got a puppy. When? I got a puppy a week ago, about, you know, actually about 10 days ago. Don't Where's you, the puppy? The puppy is in the crate. What's that? What kind of puppy? Uh, I got a mix of a Boston Terrier and a mini bulldog and a little bit of Jack Russell. Oh my God, what's his name? Uh, Macy. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. That's why my I'm... eye's all red because it licked me and I got something in my eye. I'm way more excited when my friends get puppies than when they say they're pregnant. <laughs> oh yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> Especially the guys, they're more excited too. Well, you can't yeah. So you can't keep a baby in a crate. Well, actually you can abort animals. I, when we got, not me, but when we got, well, yes, when we got this cat that I found in the hallway of my apartment, I, at the time I thought she was pregnant because she was quite large in the belly. So I took her in to the vet to get her fixed and everything. And the vet, and I said, I think she might be pregnant. And then the vet just nonchalantly said, okay, well, we'll just get rid of them if she is. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, well, we'll just get rid of the kittens if she is I was like, you're not going to just stop and let her have her babies? They're like, well, we, why would we, we don't do that. Like, she's a stray cat. We don't right. want to continue on with it. But I was like, okay. And then I was like, but I was going to keep her. And they're like, you don't want kittens. Like, I understand why. Like, I, they, the world doesn't need more kittens. There's kittens. Yeah, but I didn't know there was cat abortions. I didn't know that. Well, I don't know how they do it. They just, <laughs> they stir it up. I don't know what happens. I don't even know how real abortions happen. I think they just take a can of Coke and put it in the cat's pussy or something like that. Doesn't it? <laughs> no, 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 Dave. It's Diet Coke and a Mentos, and then they put it in the cat's pussy. Oh, okay. You put it in yeah. the cat. That's the, oh new, my God. the new math. Okay. I yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the it's home, home remedy cat abortion. If you ever no, bought that home remedy book in the 80s. Uh, is that, uh, no, what? But you're allergic to cats. I mean, allergic to dogs, aren't you, Derek? I am, yep, yep. I am so allergic why? to animals. Well, what? It's worth it, though, right? It's worth it. You know, my kids have asked. They're now of an age where... So we had to take care of a dog a year ago of one of our friends, and I looked after it for six months, and I kind of built up a tolerance to that animal, so I'm trying to do the same thing, and it's actually working. This is just not really allergies. I, she actually licked my eye, and I think I got something in my eye. Oh. But, you know uh, what? My dad did acupuncture for his allergies, and it did work. Right. He has so, yeah, allergies I, to cats. I, I would consider that, but, you know, right now it's, I'm not allergic to the animal, and my kids wanted an animal. They showed really good uh, ability at taking care of the other dog. It wasn't just like 30 seconds and then never did anything with it. So I got three boys. They can, you know, look after the dog now. now oh, was, I'm so excited. <laughs> that was, that, that was uh, sort of the, the friend of the show, Alan Park's dog. Yes. And, and didn't... Now, what, weren't you just kind of tired of the dog just going on and on about conspiracy theories and about the dog telling you? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 putting, and putting weird comments on Facebook that don't make uh, any sense. Yeah, the, 
And just to piss him off, I kept putting a mask on the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he could not <laughs> coronavirus. Oh, is he? Is yeah. he an anti-masker? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's Alan. He's a conspiracy guy. He believes what he believes. And, you know, I, I don't believe that. But, you know, he uh, that's what he does. Well, I got a job at a coffee shop. And I was, my first day, this old guy came in. And he wasn't wearing a mask. And uh, I didn't even say anything. Because I'm like, I don't want this battle. I don't want right. to say, I'm going to give him his coffee and let him go. Right. It's against the rules. But I don't fucking want to battle this with this old man. Yeah. And then be, he was waiting for me to say something because as soon as I took his, his thing, he said, so when do you think they're going to make us wear those Chinese uniforms? And I was like, pardon me? And he goes, you know, those Chinese uniforms. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, oh, you know what I'm talking about. And my manager is Asian and he's saying all this right with her there. And I was so angry at him and he kept on but he kept going he kept on saying nobody under 19 has died from this it's all old guys like me so i'm i don't need to be here i'm like you're right like you don't need to be here yeah um but it was just so i'm so tired of people like i'm just trying to do my job i didn't even ask him to put on a mask because i knew he was getting a coffee and leaving and then even even when i said nothing about it he he threw it out there and, and it had to be like a man, a male Karen about it. And I was just like, I'm so done with people that are like mass conspiracy people. Like get the fuck out of this. Just go away. My, my attitude is I, I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you believe. What I know is someone who's making minimum wage at a job should not have to fight you. If you want to shop in that store, if you don't yes. want to wear a mask, go somewhere else. Because I've seen it where someone at like a, the local food basics had to, you know, this young kid had to go up and say, you're not allowed yep. it. And it's like, it's an, it's an 18 year old kid who right. doesn't want to fight with a guy who looks like me. Who probably has anxiety. Right. Who already, you know, it's one of his first jobs and, you know, he's a, having to deal with this shit. It's not in his pay scale. You know, now. If you're going to go out, you got to wear a mask. It's not fair to everyone else. Whether masks work or not, it doesn't matter. You want to call me a sheeple? Oh, that's fucking, that's edgy. Why don't you go read another Fireside comic and get another fucking little comment? <laughs> I just, I don't have time for it. I got no problem with someone who doesn't believe in it. If they don't want to yeah. wear a mask, well, that's on them. You know? I don't like wearing my mask. I hate working wearing my mask. Does. And I have to work. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing is these people can't wear a mask for two minutes to order a coffee and yeah, leave. And I have to wear one for like a full shift. Well, like, it's, it's like, just like, it's like that famous video of the, of that person yelling in a Costco. I, you know, I have asthma or something, or I, I can't wear it. It's like, you're screaming. You're literally yes. screaming. Yeah. Like, don't tell me you can't wear this for two minutes or well, get someone else. You, there's online shopping. Now there's so many reasons why you don't have to go out if you don't want to. So just, you know, I mean, and also these kids are just following their store policy. It's not like it's not like it's their right. idea for people. No, right. I mean, and also it's sort of like, yeah, it's just, I like, how long are you planning? You'll be, just become a more efficient shopper at your Loblaws or your fucking Sobeys or whatever it is. Just know what you want, get in, get out, and then just, you don't, once you get outside, I mean, I can't stand the people that I see driving by themselves wearing a Yeah, mask. that's, that's oh, fucked yeah, up. Yeah, 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 I get it. <laughs> Or even walking on the street in a mask. I mean, right. I, I also remember when they used to give out like all these stats on pollution, and they just said, you know, if you if you jog in the city of Toronto, you, that's the equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes. And you know, it's sort of like they would say, oh, if you jog for an hour in Toronto, you smoke it. You're the, all, just the natural pollutants in the air. You're, you're that's the equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes. But nobody wore a mask when that news came out. But right. like now we're, it's yeah, it's, it's like really, it's just. And also the anti-mask people, it's sort of like, like what, it's just this stupid inconvenience that, like I said, you know, you, you, you didn't put up a big fuss when there was like a no shirt, no shoes policy. So now it's, and also everyone's sort of like, it's mind control. I mean, like, that's the one thing that's going to control your mind that you have to wear a fucking mask for. Like, well, it's like there's uh, the comic Patrick Coppolino just posted a couple days ago. It's been six months having to wear a mask. Haven't lost any of my freedoms yet. I don't know what to say, you know, and there's a lot of truth in that. I mean, yeah, it sucks. We have to wear it. Yeah, I don't want to wear it either. But I don't I don't feel like, oh, this is part of mind control. It's uh, such yeah. a small blip in the radar of my life. 
I, I'm not, I'm just, it's not a hill I want to die on. It's just not. Well, and that, when that old guy kept on going off about it, I, I, like he said, I just finally said, well, I'm just going to live my life and just do what I'm asked to ask. I'm not even being, nobody's being, I guess we're kind of being told, but we are mostly being asked to do it. And I'm just going to do it out of respect for everybody. Right. And just get on with my life. Like these people, like get on with your fucking lives. A lot of free time. If these are the steps that they have to implement for things to go back to normal, then I'll I'll play along whether I believe it or not. Just as long as the as whoever is making these rules for fifty people a show and uh, and you know this many people in a movie theater or this many people in a store while it you know to conduct your business. If if, if following these measures relaxes those conditions, then I'll play along. But it's just it's, it just does it seems like an, an endless battle of like I mean quite honestly that probably that old guy that was like hassling you Kathleen I bet he left his house wanting to get into an argument absolutely because oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I didn't say anything to him about putting a mask on I was like I don't want to fight this guy I just I'm gonna let him buy his coffee and sit down or leave I don't care but yeah. then as I, even I didn't say anything and he still was after he paid for his coffee he's then he's like well now I want you to hear me complain about this and I want you to hear how I think it's a conspiracy and how it's just like the book 1984 have you ever read the book 1984 I'm like yeah in school yeah. where they control your mind the other yeah. part is and I read that thread and someone made the same point I thought of it but I don't want to look like I'm stealing their idea but yeah, but man, take a look at the shirt you're wearing. It was probably made in China. Look at the pants you're wearing. Probably made in China. You're already probably wearing a Chinese uniform. Yeah. You really broke it down. The mask is literally the icing on the fucking cake. Right, yeah. That, that to me is always one of the craziest things that like no one ever called Donald, Donald Trump out on when he was talking about oh, iPhones. Yeah. When he was talking about iPhones, and he actually says, I, why don't we make them here? Because like an if you made an iPhone in the United States, it would cost you like... I don't know what an iPhone costs now anyways, but it's like, it would cost you like $12,000 if you're going to pay all the union fees for right. to manufacture an iPhone here. It's right. only because of those slave labor costs yes. Yes. in making an iPhone that makes it A, so cheap, and they just, and, and they can just produce them so fucking fast. Anyways, it's... And at the time, it was proven that Donald Trump was wearing a Chinese-made tie. His ties, his brand was made in China. And he's sitting there like, well, why can't we, why can't we make Donald Trump ties in, in Canada or United States? Right. I mean, I remember in the, in the 80s or early 90s, they got away with um, made in the USA on a tag on a shirt. The shirt was actually made in Bangladesh, but the tag that was on the shirt was actually was made, made in the USA. Oh, my God. And that's how they got away with it for a period of time. Well, because didn't they rename the zone where the factories were USA? Oh yeah, but they probably did. I know. I, I, I that was still sure. That was like it's sort of like I mean, imagine if you know, imagine if they just renamed. Okay, if all your factories were in Scarborough, part of, a, yeah. part of like just outside of Toronto, and you just one day you just decided, and a communist government can do this, they just decided we're going to rename Scarborough USA. Right. So now we'll just label our all our stuff USA, and as long as it just is like U S and A without the U dot S dot A dot. Then people will just look at it and go, it's just made in the USA. Well, USA is actually now a small, like, district in China where the shit's made. So, you know, the, ah, oh, the joke is on you. So. Oh, yeah, Dave, that guy lost his Saturday Night Live job just for doing something like that. You were, you, you were making such a good point, Dave, and then you had to race us at the end. That was nice, Dave. Nice. Well, I, just, I, think I just put out all the old episodes of the radio show, so... If you want to cancel me, just start going through all those episodes. <laughs> yeah. There that you could yeah. easily. And some of it, I remember Kathleen encouraging me to do. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if the Wouldn't it be nice if the internet just suddenly went away for like a, at least a whole year? Well, I, I don't know where I read this, but if someone, uh, if someone, whoever owns Twitter, if they decided to just eliminate Twitter, they would probably win a Nobel Peace Prize. Just yeah. Like, of just like the amount of shit being thrown, the amount of anxiety being thrown, the amount of disinformation that's being thrown out there, the amount of hate groups, the amount of probably child and human trafficking that happens on Twitter through a series of codes that people can learn to use. They would easily win a Nobel Peace Prize just by making the, the world would be a better place without Twitter. So, have you guys seen that documentary on Facebook? 
sorry, not on Facebook, on um, Netflix about social media. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it's supposedly pretty damaging. Like you should actually watch it. It, it really proves a lot of those points. Because to me, even just from my own life, I'm ha the last two or three months, I've not been online very much. But the first two or three months of the, of the pandemic, I was on a lot. And you, I can really tell a difference in my mental health. It's, it's, it's extremely different. Oh, okay, and, I can't, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was the puppy. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is I really do think that it would be great if something like that did happen. There was, you know, uh, a purge, uh, as you say, for two yeah. weeks of no social media and see what happens. Well, I think there'd be chaos at first. People would go fucking oh, crazy. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, and, and a lot of people make money online. Like, guys, I have an OnlyFans and I made $230 American today. Right, just, but that was today. Good. That would I be know. Good. I saw a friend of the show, Christina Walkinshaw, said that her OnlyFans. Yeah, she burps. Yeah, she's yeah. gonna burp. But you know what? I'm sorry, but there are so many crazy sex fetishes out there. Yeah, oh, there yeah. are guys that love burping and Roman showers and crazy shit of like, you know, shit and piss videos. Which dude, the the person who who controls my website and helps me. Um, He's a shit freak. <laughs> no, no, but she used to be in on the other side of porn, like the manufacturing and making. And she always told me she made way more money with girls just rubbing balloons on them. And they're not even naked, just rubbing balloons all over their chest. And people would pay a monthly fee to see that. It was, yeah. always, the, it was always the fringe stuff that made more money than the traditional. Or a woman just smoking, that's all she did? Yeah. Office? made a whole lot of money back in the in the 90s there's I, a girl there's a girl that's making ten thousand dollars american a month being a sexy puppy and she doesn't get na naked she right. just walks around on all fours and goes whoop, 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 like and she makes ten thousand dollars like i i if somebody i get asked to see my boobs all the time so i'm gonna finally cash in on it that's all i'm saying i don't give a shit anymore like right. if boobs are that important to you and you're willing to pay and you want to right let's make some money let's buy a wedding right. dress yeah, yeah. <laughs> and adam is and it's not like i'm doing this adam is like i've told him and he's fine with it and right. it's not you know he's fine with it and he's like i'll help you take pictures like right. we're gonna make a family business and then he's like and that's when we got into porn <laughs> right well there's yeah there's i mean it, it is sort of a getting stepping closer closer to that sometimes with some people you see i mean do you, do you know who that trisha paytas is Have oh I, yeah she does porn now though she officially does porn she does porn now and she started off with just like some sexy photos and she was on like america's america's got talent because she spoke really fast but you know she's this blonde bubbly very curvy sexy dave, uh, totally dave's type 100 percent dave's type yeah okay 100 yeah, and that's why um, he knows her yeah yeah <laughs> It's why I know her, but I'm not going to subscribe to her <laughs> OnlyFans. If if some other sleazy guy, you know, uploads her porn videos, then maybe I might take a look, or I already have. But um, Well, then you're a shitty person, Dave. Then you're the shitty person, because the reason that OnlyFans yeah. is created is to stop men from getting this shit for free from women who should be getting paid for it. So you're a shitty person, David Martin. Well, first of all, you don't need to tell me that. I already did. <laughs> <laughs> I've told you that so many times. <laughs> I could tell. But that's why OnlyFans was created because women were tired of being taken advantage of and you know and there it was because the sex workers could not find a way to like get their money into their own hands. And then yeah. dumb and then that one dumb girl Bella Thorne came on and made a million dollars in one day but she lied and she didn't even post a picture so it caused a huge thing. So it used to be when you got your money, you got your money immediately. Now you don't get it for 30 days. And so it pissed off a lot. Of any people. any way that you can cut out the middleman and anything is a good thing. And I think that like this example, I don't know the example you're talking about, Dave, but I'm assuming she started out putting up sexy pictures. She probably made some money, and what? now she's making porn on her OnlyFans. But you know what? She's making all that money then. Yeah, yeah I don't have any problem with her making money, but right. I mean, right. I'm making music videos and right. she did tour, and it's sort of funny that like her original fan base. And this is this is like this is the this is the scale this is the seesaw of it, where it's like her original fan base was all these sort of sort of I, I would say probably under under twenty five girls. Yeah, she's a YouTube star. 
Yeah, she's okay. a YouTube star, and and she had a lot of like feeding videos too, where she would literally just eat a pizza for like forty minutes, and people would pay to watch that. Right. And uh, it's you know, I guess you just have to sort of ask yourself what you want your audience to now be. And I think she's sort of getting away from like, I mean, getting away from what she originally started off as, but it's sort of like, I think, you know, once you do porn, you're, that's probably what you're going to Yeah, gonna but I mean, in the, at the end of the day, it's like eating pizza, doing porn. Is she going to be like, oh, I wish I never, I wish I stayed with eating pizza. I think yeah. she's like, I wish to make as much money as I can and do anything I'm willing to control and put out there and I make all the money and what I'm comfortable with. And then, that's what she does. Yeah. And let me tell you, it's hard to get jobs out there. Like, it's very hard to get jobs out there. Like, my resume is abysmal because I've been a comedian for this long time. And I, I'm a 40, almost 40 year old woman that has like retail and restaurants. And so nobody with a, with a real job will even like give me an interview to find out that I'm capable of doing it. So you're, comp you're competing for all this stuff. And then this comes along. It's like, well, you could make 200 bucks a day just sitting at home and posting a couple pictures well, of your first, boobs. First, first of all, you have a lot of transferable skills. I mean, before I was in no, comedy, I, I, I used to do resumes for people. And you could easily say you were a comedy booker because you booked your own show, yeah. your own tours, and that is a legitimate job. Yes, you're also a stand-up comic, but all the things that you did, you probably did more than the average person wearing multiple hats running a business. So uh, also, I understand what you're saying, but there is ways of doing your resume because I've done it and I've had leads turn into maybe opportunities I've kind of turned down, but yeah, I know what you're saying. It is a hard transferable skill for yeah. most people to wrap their mind around. But also, you know, and it's just, when you mention comedy booker, you also think too, it's sort of like when you break down everything that's involved in booking a show, Yes, it is surprising how much, goes into it and how transferable those skills are. Yeah. Well, I am a social media manager, but if I posted, I'm a social media manager for Kathleen McGee, people would be like, no, you're not. Like it's, you know, like it's, it's, they why want these, and they want, not? you are. I am though. I know I am. And but what I'm saying is. Festival, you started that festival. That should be yeah. a big thing. Like a founder festival, you know, booking so many venues and for, a, you know, like these are all cute. Like, you know, just because you might not get the job you want based on what you I want. guess I just need to be more creative. I'm, I'm too honest. That's my problem. Right. I'm way too honest on my resume. No, 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 no. That's not being, you're not lying. Any, anything I just yeah. said, that's not a single lie. You've just got to flip the switch in your head to realize that people will see it as a business and not just me fucking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. Yeah. Well, I just, I think it's when I, just as far as that Trisha Paytas is concerned, I just think, you know, you, it's it's what audience do you value more? I mean, all of her original fans are going to look at at what she, how she's decided to elevate her career, and I think a lot of her younger fans are going to be like, oh well, that's the way I do it, and I, I don't know if that's necessarily a good image that you want to project. You could say the same thing about Miley Cyrus. You sound like yeah. all the mothers that were complaining about Miley yeah. Cyrus, and you know what? If you don't. If you don't want your child to get into porn, you talk to them about it. Right. It's not up to Trish Paytas to make sure that your daughter doesn't get into porn. Oh, it's not up to Miley they, Cyrus they to make sure. All the girls to get into porn. That's what they <laughs> But do. that's so frustrating. You're the reason you're acting the reason why OnlyFans should exist is because of people like you that have these weird things and be like, you know, like, oh, she's gonna she's she's gonna lose some of her original fans, but big deal. People grow, people change, people okay. evolve. Miley Cyrus has sort of gotten out of that phase of you know, uh, like you doing things just to get attention, like you know. What, sure. I mean, the yeah, only, the only thing I ever had against Miley Cyrus is when she was under like seventeen, sixteen, and they sexualized her. I didn't like that. I that wasn't her. Second, I know that it's the machine. But her father was in the business to know enough to know that they would do this. But my so no one should was, hold that against her. They need to no, hold that no, against her father. Hundred percent. That's what I've always said. And the machine. As soon as she turned 18, which I know it's just a number, and she's an adult now, she can do whatever the fuck she wants, and I don't think she has to worry so much about what her fans will look at and then try right. to emulate. Yeah. And also, are you less of a person? Are you less of a woman because you show your body off and half, make money doing half. it? You're half. half. You're half. Or half. Like, are you less of a... It's so fucking frustrating. Like, women are sexualized from the time they can put on a cute little dress I'm not kidding. Like little girls are sexualized, well, obviously. Beauty. Like 
Well, we I talked about cuties with Sean on our podcast, and right. it's pretty interesting because he made a really amazing point where he said, who are these people that are calling children sexy? Who are these people that are looking at this and being like, those girls look sexy? I'm like, well, you think that makes them look sexy just because right. they're like, they're kids. They're just kids. Oh, and, but I just don't, I'm just so fucking tired of, of women finally getting something and then people shitting on them for doing it. And then, so there's no winning. So you just do what you want to do and fuck everybody who, who criticizes you. Like live your fucking life is what I'm saying. And I think a lot of women are starting to do that because I get requests on a daily basis from people asking to see pictures of me naked or this and that. And, and not on OnlyFans, on, in Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. So now pay me and you can see them. I'm so fucking done with it. Like I'm so done with it. And they look fucking good. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I mean, I've always, I mean, there was like one, well, one episode that we did ages ago, you said that you were getting, you felt like you were getting more gigs because you feel like that you, you look better now and you feel, I don't know. I, I think that you, if you're getting more gigs, I think that's because you're, you're a solid comic. Cause we all know that like, no matter how good looking you are after about five minutes on stage, people yeah. say, okay, yeah. where are the jokes? So, but I mean, just as far as that, I, that's, but I mean, I don't think any, I don't think, I mean, any, are any of those girls that are on toddlers and tiaras and dance moms, would they have gone into that and, and on their own? Well, this is, I don't understand why everyone's all up against cuties and, and toddlers and tiaras was on for so long and, oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's and dance moms. Yeah. But the, toddlers and tiaras was eight, 10 years ago. It's a different world. The problem with cuties is, and I have not seen the movie, so I'm not going to judge it. I think anyone that judges it and hasn't seen it, I have no time for. Right. The marketing that Netflix did was a big mistake. Cause if you ever seen the poster they used in France versus the poster that Netflix has done, it's a completely different movie. Right, but then it's a completely mm. different movie. But do they sexualize those children in the poster? That's debatable. If you saw the original poster, it's just four girls walking in a pack, kind of throwing their stuff up. It doesn't have the same image whatsoever. And the problem is that Cuties actually, the movie supposedly, based on reviews I've read, does the exact opposite. It talks about how we're sexualizing children and it's bad and we're forcing children to do shit. And the director now is coming under fire, but before the Netflix deal, it was a worldwide phenomenon. Like she was, you know, loved and like her story is a pretty interesting story of a, of a woman and all her triumphs and tri tribulations. So the problem is one poster has set the world off, or at least North Americans off, because it's the pandemic and they got a lot of free fucking time. Yeah. Right. They but haven't even watched the movie and they're like, I don't have to watch the movie. Right. Meanwhile, disgusting. meanwhile, their own children are on TikTok twerking. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the thing too, but it's sort of like, I mean, what the, the, the message is, I mean, it's a coming of age story of this 12 year old, yeah. or 11 year old girl. I mean, and the, and the dance scene in it, is like one one very small part of the movie. And after have you seen it, Dave? You you seen the movie? No, I haven't seen it, but I, I've I've read a lot of. I've okay, read that's fine. That's fine. I wanted to know. Okay, yeah. It. And also after the dance sequence, they they come. They the the girls realize. And first of all, the audience in that scene is booing them. Right. And so then the girls realize, well, this is not the way that we should get attention for our dancing. And so it's supposed to be this big lesson learning moment in the movie, but the lesson has been lost in the marketing of the movie. Right. But I mean, more of anything, it should be shame on Netflix for thinking. It's like when you, when a company tries to market something to an audience, they're trying to get into the heads of the audience and go, yes. what is going to make this audience, you know, open the bug out their eyes and go, Oh, I want to watch this. So it's sort of like, it's more Netflix thinking, this is what we need to do to sell this movie. To yes, it's controversy. It's a controversy yeah. gets people talking and gets people watching. And at the end of the day, that's exactly what happened. No press, you know, all press is good press, blah, blah, blah. But the effect that it's going to have on the director who had her own story to tell and that's getting lost in the amplification yeah. is the problem. But I also don't, you know, it's, but, but it's the statement that these, that little girls, 12 or uh, 11, 12, 13 year olds, watch what gets popular in pop culture and media and think this is what I'm supposed to do to get popular too. 
Yes, but well, then their parents, their parents should be sitting them down. I've had yes. a discussion with my three boys, and we've talked about it. So if my oldest son, who's like 17 now, watches wet-ass pussy, I'm going to sit down with him and talk to him about that video. That's my job. It's my job to make sure yes. that they don't go and do this shit out there based on something they see in a fucking MTV video. I know. that I, I would always like to say, well, it's the parents' responsibility, but clearly yeah. it's... Clearly, there are a lot of bad parents out there because I'm sort of like, well, who signed your eight-year-old up to TikTok and now you're filming your kid twerking? I, I agree. You know, and it's just, I mean, well, these are still parents that want to cash in on their kids and try to hopefully they'll make some money off of them. But it just, it seems like such a, yeah. I have three, I have three boys. None of them are on Facebook. None of them are on Instagram and none of them are on Twitter. Actually, that's not true. My oldest is 17. He's on Instagram, and he's only on it to be able to communicate with his friends at school through social media. That's the only thing he's on. Because from the very beginning, we've sat down with all of them and said, this isn't something that you should spend too much time on. You're getting addicted, and it's a bad thing. Oh, well, I mean, oh, I mean, maybe you're probably one of the few parents that watches. I, and, I, and I know I am. because He, he is. Tells he tells Most me all his friends are on these things. Most people don't talk to their children. To be honest with you, most people don't. My mom always told us that if we wanted to drink, she'd rather we drink in the house with our right. friends than go into a field. You know, my mom said, if you're ever somewhere and someone wants to drive you home drunk, you call me. I don't care what time. I'll come get you. Right. If, you are, if you talk to your kids and you let them feel not scared for making mistakes, then... Oh, we miss you. Yeah. You cut out on us, Kathleen. I mean, that, that, that sounds all fine and dandy, you know, if you just want to, like, if you want to want your kids to drink in your house or be on social media in your house. But, you know, when I tell my mom, well, how am I going to learn to carjack if I have to stay in the in home at, at my house all day? I'm not going to be able to learn how to carjack. So No, you can. Dad Dad can show you carjacking. It's possible. Yeah, I just, I just have to practice running up to him when he pulls in the driveway with a pretend yeah. gun and just go, get out, motherfucker. Yeah. And, you know, so I mean, eventually I'll, I'll I'll learn, but you know. And hey, I'm no I'm no ace parent. People, oh, you're a great dad. I'm not a great dad. I'm a, you know I try. I probably could do better. I think every parent can do better. But there are certain things that parents should be doing more of. And yeah. I'm I'm just trying. I'm by no means am I the perfect parent or. A but great nobody parent. is perfect. There's no, no such thing as yeah. a perfect parent. There's no such thing as a perfect human. There, there's there's ten things my kids do wrong, and yeah. I should be doing more for them. But hopefully you do enough of the right that when they, you know, get to a certain age, like they don't drink, they don't do drugs. First of all, I'm lucky. Two of my kids can't even do drugs. If they do drugs, they'll die because of their heart condition. They're literally, I told, they can't smoke pot. They can't do drugs. That's it. If you do your heart condition, you're done. Well, yeah. (laughs) That doesn't mean they can't do edibles. That doesn't mean they can't do edibles or other things, but they cannot smoke or ingest drugs the traditional way because of their heart defect. Have they tried? No. <laughs> oh. Dave. Well, Dave. Dave never become a may never become a father. Yeah. <laughs> never become a father. Carjacking oh, so, then so weed. Come on, Dave. There's an order to this. Carjacking uh, then weed. Well, I think if you smoked weed, you probably wouldn't bother carjacking. But <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Well, don't worry. I, I'm, I'm not in a position to have kids. Remember that urban myth you used to always hear about the kid climbing over the fence and his uh, sack getting written open, ripped open? Yeah. Well, that was, anyways. You ripped your sack open? Uh, <laughs> Is that from your surgery? No, 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 no. That's no, no, no. I, I was talking about when I was like a, a nine-year-old kid climbing over a fence. Okay, one, two, three. Listen up out there. This is Jeremy Hines. And Pat Thornton. And you're you're listening listening to Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Anything Goes on Canada Laughs. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I thought, Kathleen, you are now branded on a woman's leg as a tattoo. Oh, yes. Let's talk about this. Then we get a couple minutes and I got to go. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I made the tattoo. Darren is on that uh, body part as well. We're all there. I'm the first woman, which was very nice. And uh, she's like, she said, well, you inspired me to do this tattoo with your lady tattoos. 
And um, I was super honored. Like, I no, it wasn't creepy. Some people, wasn't it creepy? No, it's not creepy at all. I'm like, that I've affected somebody that much that they want to put me on their body forever. I think that's really cool. Like, I, I'm very honored. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I never thought it was creepy. I thought it was... No, no, I know you did. I, I but quite a chance that someone would take or just be like, I believe in this person so much in their past <laughs> that they're not going to do any... You know, it's sort of like if okay, but if you if you Google Bill Cosby tattoo, there are a lot of people that have gotten some Bill Cosby tattoos over the years. Oh yeah, and you oh, just yeah. think, well, you know what? You could get a tattoo of the character, not the person. You know, right? Yeah, get a tattoo. Well, I almost got a Roseanne Barr tattoo. That was one of the ones I was going to get. I have. I might still because Roseanne was huge. Roseanne, as much as people hate her for some reason. She was huge for me growing up. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Se seeing like a regular looking woman that was funny on, yeah. that's what my tattoos are. Like Shelly Long is the same thing. Like I always loved Shelly Long because she was so funny and weird and she, she didn't have to be like this hot thing. All, and she, it, she seemed like she had a brain, <laughs> you know, it was so cool. In, in some ways I wish uh, April is the woman's name who's got the tattoos. I kind of wish she gotten smaller versions of the comics because she's starting to run out of space, like. But it's really hard to do portraits small. I know, I know, and so your yours is like a very big picture on her leg. So that was my first. I'm like, oh, she's not going to be able to have too many more. So are, am I bigger than you? <laughs> I, I I think you are. I think you are based on the placement on her leg. I think you are. I think you're I probably think the largest. So too. <laughs> What's that? I th I said rightfully so that Kathleen would be. Yeah. You know, it's there, there's, it isn't written down that tattoos are not to scale. So right, it's like it's maybe, maybe I'll be get maybe I'll be uh, maybe I'll get to be over a butthole or something if we if we. I've That's never, what I said. Oh I said my that. god! What you have left? You just got to get Dave Martin left. Yeah, yeah. Then we yeah. do a tribute to the show. That's right. <laughs> that, your, your mouth can be your her asshole. Then I can talk yeah. all the time. Yes. Here we go. The, uh, <laughs> 